Back Porching Podcast is brought to you in part by Legacy Now. Legacy Now is a ministry I lead that exists to serve those that serve others, primarily in the student ministry space. If I can serve you and for more information about my ministry or to connect with me on social media, you can find more information at LegacyNow.me. That's LegacyNow.me. Well, hey there. Welcome to the porch. It's a uh, summer afternoon. Uh, finally got some time to chill on the porch. It's been a busy uh, season uh, away for a bit. But talked about the porch a lot, which is cool. Uh, I love how this place has become a thing and a place to talk about. And uh, this past week I was with a group of men at a father-son retreat uh, called Christ in the Smokies. And if you listen to my podcast with my buddy Tim Strickland, uh, you heard all about that. And I had a chance to serve at that retreat this past week, and it was amazing. And tomorrow's Father's Day, and I'm just thinking about fathers, I'm just thinking about the role of a father in a son's life. And that's been a uh, definitely a constant thought uh, for me in ministry, especially invested in teenage guys, uh, because I've seen so powerfully firsthand the role of a father in a son's life, or the lack thereof, and the consequences of what happens when there's not a godly father in the life of a son. And the consequences are severe, frankly. And as our culture has shifted, and as things have changed, uh, the role of a man in uh, our society has changed a little bit, which is fascinating. And in some ways, it's a positive thing. In other ways, it's a little challenging, frankly. Uh, I read a book, uh, when I walk through a group of dudes in high school, we always read, senior year, we read the book uh, by John Eldridge called Wild of Heart, which to me is just a great book about biblical manhood and every time we read it, I always learn something different. I've read that book, I, I don't know how many times at this point. And, and I've thought about this a lot. The last time I read it with a group of dudes a couple of years ago when they were seniors was by far the most polarizing time reading that book. And I saw firsthand the shift in thinking of what it means to be a man. And how, over, for me, over the last 20 plus years of these conversations, how it's changed. And I don't know that it's changed in a good way. And frankly, I think there's a lot of young men growing up right now asking the question, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a man after God's own heart? What does that look like? How does one stand in this culture biblically as a man? And the role of a father is massively important in that process. This past week, 12 fathers and sons went on this journey together. And at the end of it, there's a a time, a special moment where a father calls his son into manhood and I love that. It, if you've read the book or familiar with the book, Raising a Modern Day Night, or some of those other manhood books, there's a moment where a father looks at a son and says, I believe you have what it takes. I believe you're good enough. I believe you can do this. And every young boy, every man longs for that. We long for someone to look us in the eyes and say, you can do it. You have what it takes to go out in this world and make a difference, and to survive, and to thrive. We all desperately want that. And unfortunately, we all don't get it. So we chase it. We chase it in so many places. And if you haven't listened to the podcast with my buddy Tim, I hope you'll go back and listen to that, um, because it's a really powerful uh, story of uh, purpose coming from pain. And to see that firsthand this week, and to see the fruit of something awful, grow into something beautiful it's pretty amazing and it's a reminder to me that God takes our really awful things and can use it for good if we trust him with our pain and it doesn't make it any easier but it gives it purpose 
And I just want to challenge you as you think about your dad. You know, tomorrow's Father's Day, and for a lot of us, it's a great day. Uh, I have a great dad. My dad's an amazing man. And uh, I'm very lucky to have the dad that I have. And as I've grown older, I realize how special my dad was. You know, when you're a teenager, you, you really don't get it. They're just kind of the authoritative figure or whatever, or the tall guy or whatever that is in your house. And uh, it wasn't until I was older that it really made sense to me. Like, uh, as, a, as I grew up, I was an athlete, but also I played music. And my dad played football, so it was easy for him to coach or to come to all my football games. But as I think about it now, it had to be miserable to go to some of my orchestra concerts. I played the bass in the orchestra. And I remember those concerts, and they weren't like, you know, symphony orchestra things. They were high schoolers playing music. And yet he was at every one. Came to every concert because he loved me and he wanted to support me. When I started in ministry, my mom and dad have been so supportive of me, knowing the lifestyle I was getting myself into and the challenges that come. Uh, people don't get into ministry because of the financial ramifications. They do it because they want to make a difference. And they have always been so supportive and encouraging and loving and behind me as I've chased what God's called me to do in my life. And I can't tell you how much that means as a son to know that your parents believe in you and support you. It's one of the coolest things, frankly. And as you hear this and you're thinking, I know you're probably thinking about your relationship with your dad, and I hope you do. Uh, but there's a principle that Eldridge unpacks a lot. And it's in a whole bunch of different things, but specifically in Walt Hart, he kind of digs into this thought that most of us, our view of our Heavenly Father is most, uh, the person that we most uh, connect that with is our Earthly Father. So if our Earthly Father is present, then you think God is present. If he's mean and disciplined or disengaged, that's the way we tend to think God is, because that's the best example we have of a, a man of authority. And for many of us, maybe that's a good thing, and for some of us, frankly, it's a challenge to wrestle with seeing God as the perfect father because as we get older we realize that our dads are sinners too and they've got crap in their life just like we have crap in our life and they're not perfect and they don't do everything right they might not handle relationships right or money right or whatever and there's things that happen in their life that are a mistake and if you hold them up as a deity you're going to be really let down and for some of us there's a wound that happens in life because we want our dad to be perfect and they're not and there's a challenge that comes with that, isn't it? I mean, you've been there, probably. You had a moment where you saw something in your dad and you had to think, oh. And for some of us, we translated that to God, too. In fact, for, for a lot of us, some of our greatest frustrations with God aren't actually with God. They're with our dad. And there's some healing that needs to take place. There's some baggage we need to get rid of. There's a statement I think about a lot that I've heard from podcast I listen to and uh, the guy says this all the time we're all equal at the foot of the cross we're all desperately in need of his grace my dad is equal to me at the foot of the cross you are equal to me at the foot of the cross I'm a flipping hot mess and so is my dad and so are you and for me to expect my dad to be perfect or to be a deity is ridiculous but there's things I can learn about God from my dad for sure but I can't project the image of God on my dad. And for some of us, golly, that is the journey of our life. It's the reason some people run to addiction or run away or hold a grudge because of something our dad did or didn't do or did or didn't say. 
and for all of us along the way, there's a point where we have to find grace in our heart for our dad, just like there's grace in God's heart for us. But also understand that our God is a perfect heavenly father. He is perfect. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is always for you. In fact, for me, as I've gotten older, I reflect on my life and realize the only constant in my life from the moment I said yes to Jesus to today has been the fact that God has always been with me. He has never left me. Even at my worst, He has always been with me. He knows everything about me, which is scary, yet He still loves me. I once heard it said like this, if you could walk into God's living room, there would be a picture of you on His mantle. And you'd walk by and He would point to it and go, have I told you about my son? Let me tell you about my son. Let me tell you what He in a very proud way, because he's a proud Heavenly Father of his children. There's so much freedom and peace that comes from that. One, to release it in our relationship with our Earthly Father, and two, to receive it from our Heavenly Father. And Father's Day, honestly, for some people, it puts them in the feels. It really, sometimes it's, you kind of avoid it. You don't look at the pictures that day because you don't want to be reminded of what you don't have or you hold a grudge or you get whatever and you look at the pictures on social media and you go, oh man, they must be perfect. We're not. But you know the truth. They have their junk just like we have their our junk. And when we can learn to live in a way where we uh, extend grace to those in the father role. And I, it's funny because when you're little or a teenager, you think they have it all together. And as you get older, you realize they're figuring out just like we're figuring out. And there's a lot of grace and love that comes from that. But boy, is it amazing to know that we have a perfect heavenly Father. There's a verse in Ephesians 6 where Paul says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and the instruction of the Lord. i read that again. Fathers, come on. Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. So grateful I had a dad like that who saw value in me engaging in church and supportive of me engaging in things that grew my faith and in relationships that grew my faith. And exasperate is such a great word because we have such expectations. I live in a community where uh, there are super high expectations on students for grades, for appearance, for academics, for athletics. There's so much, uh, it's just so, the expectations are so high. And I see it all the time where students are just exasperated trying to perform and trying to be what their parents want them to be. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. The only way you can do that is if you know that. And if you do that yourself, you lean into training of the Lord. You learn into the instruction of the Lord and you pass that on into those coming behind you. I saw that this week at Christ in the Smokies and it was unbelievably powerful. There are memories tattooed on my heart that I will never forget from this past week. And I'm so grateful to be in a community of men that see value in uh, engaging in those relationships in that time to create an environment where fathers and sons are challenged to be the men that God has us here to be. And I want to challenge you as you listen to this. First, what's your relationship like with your earthly father? And secondly, what about your heavenly father? Do you see him as perfect? Are you allowing yourself to not be exasperated, but to be grown up in training and instruction of the Lord? That means you have to position yourself as a learner. 
that means you have to humble yourself and realize you don't have it all figured out. And the moment we get there, there's so much freedom from our perfectly Heavenly Father to allow us just to crawl up in His lap and say, Daddy, I need you and I love you. Allow Him just to do exactly what He does, which is extend grace and love and purpose into your heart that only comes from Him. So wherever you're at this Father's Day, I just want to challenge you. Take a minute and think about it. Think about your relationship with your earthly father, with your, your heavenly father, your perfect heavenly father, your non-perfect earthly father, but there's grace because he's loved by God just as much as you are. And maybe for some of us, Father's Day is a celebration. It's a reminder of how much we're loved by God and by those he's put us in our life. So I hope you have a great Father's Day. Thanks for hanging out on the porch. Talk to you next time.